Every time an investor invests money into a company or into a syndication or into a fund or something, any kind of vehicle where they're looking to make money, but be a passive investor, so not do the work themselves, rely on a syndicator, a manager, a sponsor, something like that, that automatically is a security. When something is a security, it must either be registered with the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, or fall under an exemption. This video is gonna go through what those exemptions are that syndication attorneys look to when they have a client who is a syndicator or an investment fund looking to put an offering out and raise money from investors. So what are those exemptions, exemptions to registration? Well, first let's talk real quickly about what registration is. Registration really means going public, right? So it means getting a whole group of uh, attorneys together to pour over formation documents, getting accountants to together, getting underwriters together. It's extraordinarily expensive. It takes an extraordinary amount of time why? Because the SEC's role is to protect investors, to protect investors from getting basically defrauded out of their good hard-earned money uh, into things that, they that may not be that great to invest into. So the underwriting process and the review process of a registered security is very, very strict. Now, under, if it is a private offering, then that falls under the exemption. So the exemptions ultimately is where the SEC has said, look, we know that you can make private offerings. Once something is a private offering, we're gonna regulate it, but we're not going to regulate it as closely as a public offering, where the entire public could be exposed to potential fraudulent behavior. So it's still regulated, but less so. So what are those exemptions? Like I said, we're gonna talk about five different uh, exemptions that exist. Chief and foremost, number one exemption of all time is Regulation D. Somewhere between 95 and 98% of all private offerings that exist are, fall under Regulation D. Uh, it is a very, very well-constructed, very, very uh, workable system to put a private offering out there. Now there's two primary rules that we look to about the offering. That's rule 506B and rule 506C. Under rule 506B, you can raise an unlimited amount of money from an unlimited amount of accredited investors and up to 35 non-accredited investors in any 90-day period. I have another video for that. We'll link that up uh, in the notes. Also available is uh, Regulation D, Rule 506C. Rule 506C is similar. You can raise an unlimited amount of money from an unlimited amount of accredited investors but no non-accredited investor. So what do you get for this? Well, you get the ability to make a general solicitation. You get to advertise that security that's out there to the general public so that people can invest. But you gotta make sure that every single one of those investors is an accredited investor. So that normally comes by third-party verification uh, of their accredited investor status. 
Once somebody is an accredited investor, they're able to invest and then they're able to, uh, to do those things. So those are the two main rules of Rule 50, uh, Regulation D, Rule 506B, Rule 506C. I will mention there is also Regulation D, Rule 504, and some of your old school people may be familiar with this because it was very common until Regulation D, Rule 506C came out. 506C letting them advertise, 504 kinda lets you advertise. The big problem with Regulation D Rule 504 is that it had to have review of every blue sky and uh, filing that would need to be at take place. So every state's blue sky laws needed to be reviewed and analyzed to make sure that it was compliant. This obviously caused a huge amount of overflow and of attorney time, making the cost very prohibitive. So that's where Regulation D Rule 506C was basically born out of that. And under 506B and 506C, the Congress has basically said, okay, look, under these rules, uh, we're going to allow this investment to take place. We're gonna let these, uh, we're gonna let these investors take place uh, under there, and we're going to preempt all the other states. So we're basically, states, the state review is allowed, so states still have the right to request to be notified about them, but they no longer can say that they get to be the decision maker or that state blue sky laws fi uh, themselves uh, are applicable to the actual nuances of it. So they can't determine who can buy and sell, they can't determine uh, what different rules regulated itself. Those now are preempted under rules 506B and 506C. This is important because it comes back again later. Yeah, under regulate, so that's rule number one. Uh, so the number one exemption is regulation D. Another common exemption, uh, much, much less, probably the, the, the third most common is regulation CF or regulation crowdfunding. Regulation crowdfunding is a good rule. Its limits have now been raised so somebody can raise up to $5 million using it. The problem is, is that all the transactions themselves need to go through a what's called a registered portal. So if you think of like Kickstarter or things like that, where people are making investments into something, which really is a security, uh, and they're looking maybe to make a profit, but they can, uh, what they ultimately are getting is you know is some chunk of that profit, and it can be advertised, but everything needs to take place through that registered portal. Now the registered portal is registered with FINRA, it complies with the rules of the SEC, and it is heavily regulated itself, and it's acting as the guardsman to make sure that people are not being uh, hoodwinked and taken into fraudulent investments, uh, because ultimately that registered portal is now kind of uh, acting as a guardsman, making sure that the, that the offerings are somewhat coherent uh, and that they have protections in place for those investors. Probably the second most common, so to do these sort of out of order, and exemption number three is Regulation A. Regulation A has two parts, Tier 1 and Tier 2. What's important about Regulation A is that it actually is a public, it's kind of like a public offering. So you can have uh, investors invest into these, into a Regulation A Tier 1 or Tier 2 offering. And those investors don't need to be accredited. They can invest as non-accredited investors. 
The challenge that I've found as a syndication attorney with Regulation A is that it takes an extraordinary amount of time and an extraordinary amount of money to put this together. Now, why does it take so long and why does it cost so much? Because essentially the SEC still reviews these. It's not a registration, but it's close. What happens there is the, an SEC attorney will review it, make sure it complies with the rules uh, of disclosure that need to be there, make sure that a, the Form A-1, which is the form that, that it's ultimately submitted on, discloses everything and makes very, very detailed financial disclosures. Uh, and all those disclosures that need to take place are not only expensive, but because they're under the, the, the review of the SEC, there's a lot of going back and forth time between attorneys, accountants, uh, the SEC, in order to make this thing valid. Average length of time a Regulation A uh, offering takes is between six months and nine months, and the cost in attorney fees is generally over $100,000 just in attorney fees, and that's not accounting, uh, uh, accounting fees, which are on top of that. So those are three of the exemptions. The fourth exemption is one that you're probably not going to use. Uh, it's uh, known as a Section 147A. This exemption basically says that intrastate offerings are fine. So because we have this securities exemption that says, okay, everything is either a security and must be registered or fall under an exemption. Well, what about those offerings that are just within one state where the, the sponsor has decided, you know, I'm in state X, I wanna make all of my rules under the state blue sky laws of state X, and I want them to, uh, I wanna be cool, everybody's coming from there. So, everything is within that state. The SEC is already has a rule just saying, hey, look, if it's a 147A offering, it's an intrastate offering, it's not our thing, uh, that's section 147A. The last one is kind of like a big coverall, and that's section 4A2. Section 4A2 offerings basically are saying, hey, there are exemptions to the SEC registration requirement. So you could think of it as the chapter heading for Regulation D, Regulation CF, Regulation A, and even 147. Because chapter, Section 4A2 says, look, we've got, to, uh, uh, we've got these exemptions, they exist. If it doesn't fall under Regulation D, CF, A, 147A, what would happen is uh, an attorney, if they needed to, would argue, well, it falls under the exemption of 482. 4A2 is not a safe place to be for you, though, however. So keep that in mind. Don't start thinking that, well, I don't need to do the follow the rules of Regulation D because there's that section 482, because 482 is fraught with mine holes and potholes and things that are difficult, where basically you can fall out almost immediately mostly by, not, by not complying with the, the dollar amounts, by not complying with the review amounts, making sure that all the syndicators are covered. Essentially, it'd be like saying, okay, I need to comply with every single state rule at, uh, that, is, that ever received marketing material on this. So if all my investors are from all 50 states, I comply with every single state blue sky filing for all 50 states. Very, very complicated to do. 
So those are the main five regulations, uh, exemptions that fall under the, uh, the, that are exemptions from the registration requirement. As a syndication attorney, what I do is I help, uh, help syndicators decide for themselves what is the best mechanism for them to go forward. Almost always the answer is Regulation D because Regulation D is so good and is so useful and the rules are so straightforward and it's just a, such a perfect um, safe harbor for sponsors that it's almost always the right chance. Every now and then there will be something like, well, that really should fall under Regulation CF or Regulation uh, or Regulation uh, A or even uh, Section 147. Um, so my job is to to help uh, to help sponsors find their right calling, go into the right place that's there. If I can help you with that, uh, I'd be happy to have a conversation. The answer probably, though, I'll give you a heads up, is probably going to be Regulation D. But what I do as a law firm is not only make sure that you're falling into the right exemption from filing, but also make sure that you're compliant and that you can follow, you're not going to be at risk and lose everything by being outside of one of these exemptions. So we prepare packages, may prepare the private place of memorandum, operating agreement, subscription agreement, uh, notify the SEC, notify the states, as well as just consult and make sure that our syndicators, my clients, are as successful as possible basically to take them from where they are today to where they want to go tomorrow. If we can help you, give us a call. We'd be happy to help.